0: It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst show with Chris Townsend.
1: David Forst is now with us here on the field, getting you ready for uh, a little A's baseball against the Rangers. A busy time of the year.
2: Have we been sleeping? Do, do, do I get to bank my time on uh, A's Cast last night during the game, or or does this count as extra? Because I did a whole inning last night; it was exhausting.
1: Well, yeah, you were like the <laughs> you were the you were, you were the bad
2: inning. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I am getting plenty of sleep. It's not a problem.
1: Everybody was talking about how this was going to be crazy times. It's the deadline. There's nothing yeah. after. There's no safety net after. How you got Mike fires and. Okay, and Carnation goes to the Yankees. You got uh, Caster going to the Red Sox. You you pick up Homer Bailey, and then nothing.
2: Nothing. Yeah, people don't do stuff until the deadline is really staring them into the face. I think in the face, excuse me. Yeah, the one thing we've learned over the years, whether it's trading, whether it's arbitration, whatever, people need the pressure of that deadline. Um, And and even though it's a hard deadline this year, there's no – you know, trades after July 31st, it does seem like we're going to have to wait until uh, next week, till we get closer to Wednesday afternoon.
1: I kind of got a theory here, and you'll know better than me because you've been doing this a long time. But, okay, if I have assets that I want to get rid of, right, yeah. and I want to get younger, we're talking about the sellers. Now that there's this hard date, if I don't get a deal done, I'm essentially stuck with these guys that I wanted to get rid of and now i gotta wait till the off season and who knows how that goes so as we get closer is it possible that the that the sellers will lose a little leverage
2: yeah i think that's absolutely right i think you've you you know we've talked to teams obviously who are sellers and there are teams that are uh aiming really high at the asking price is sky high and those are the teams that you know you think as you get closer to wednesday the price will drop and drop and then there are teams that are you know, being reasonable. And, and, look, we got Homer Bailey done. Obviously, the, the Royals were ready to move him and, um, you know, gave up a, a nice little prospect in Kevin Merrill. But um, there's a real difference here between teams that are, are ready to act and teams that are just going to shoot for the moon until we get to Wednesday morning.
1: Things got really weird. All of a sudden, the Giants started winning, and they're talking <laughs> about keeping their players. Then all of a sudden, Toronto... They wanted to get rid of Strowman. Now they're saying they want to keep him. And then the one that – so I'm doing the post game show last night. We have the MLB Network up. Yep. And the ticker comes. Mets now want to keep Zach Wheeler. It's like, wait a minute. Everybody they thought was going to get traded, yeah. now the teams want to keep everybody. I mean, what's that been like?
2: It, I mean – That's not out of the ordinary. I mean, the the Wheeler thing is almost it's almost so transparent. It's like out of the GMing 101 book, like, hey, say that you're going to re-sign your player so that maybe someone will give you more for him in a trade because now you're talking about keeping him. You you really never know what to believe out there. And in the Mets defense, who knows where that stuff comes from? So uh, that stuff is not out of the ordinary this time of year um you only believe about 10 percent of what you read if that and um you know nothing's real until you read a press release
1: how important is it to do business the right way because that establishes your track record and your future relationships with these other organizations
2: yeah i think it is important i mean this is my 20th year billy's been doing it a decade longer than i have and and if you want. To to stay in these jobs and you want to continue to make deals and work with people, you have to act ethically, act you know a certain way, and um, you know there are there are people out there and teams out there. You just you're frustrated with the way they deal, and you end up really not being able or not wanting to make deals with them. Um, you know we get a lot. Uh, um, you know there's a narrative about us making deals with the same teams over and over again, and the reality is like you find people that you like to work with, that it's easy to work with, that you trust. And you just kind of go back there because you, you feel like you can get a deal done. Look, Kansas City is one of those teams for us. We've made a number of deals with Dayton Moore and his group. And, and I think there's a mutual trust there. And it just it's easy, to, it's easy to have a conversation.
1: So let's look at it both ways because, as you said, you've been in this business a long time. Billy's been in the business a long time. There's going to be years where you're a buyer. There's going to be years when you're a seller. What's it like at this time of the year as a GM who's a seller?
2: It's actually a lot more frantic if you're a seller because, you know, in theory, you've got, you know, you have a player that, say, five organizations want, so you have to spend your time going through a dozen players in five other organizations. It, it, it multiplies. Uh, as a buyer, I can call Team X and say, I want this guy, and then sit back and wait for them to ask me for something. Um, but as a seller, you really have to dig in. you got to send your scouts out to see uh, the organizations you gotta you know weigh tr- one trade versus the other it's it's more frantic it's more complex if you're a seller
1: the situation you're in and you can tell me if it, this is not right but a lot of your best guys are already almost big league ready right the people who are calling you they're calling for they want guys like Lazardo and Puck guys that we know are hopefully going to be here at some point this year, and yeah. then they're a big part of your future. Does that make it tough for you to deal when you have so much major league-ready prospects?
2: Well, it's, it's hard to say that it's a, a problem to have good prospects. I mean, yes, we have guys who are close to the big leagues, and, and even beyond those two guys, you know, you look at the publications, our next guys are, are Jorge Mateo, Sean Murphy, also guys in AAA who are knocking on the door here. So it's, you know, from, from a buyer's standpoint it's always harder to move guys who are close to the big leagues and not that prospects in A ball aren't exciting and valuable but there's a little distance between you and them so if you're talking about you know you're talking about the names you just puck lazardo murphy mateo for instance four guys all in triple a yeah, those are difficult guys to think about trading because uh, because they're so close. You can imagine them out here on this field. You can imagine them contributing in Oakland maybe in the next month, maybe in September, you know, sometime soon. So that's a difficult conversation to have for sure. Franklin Barreto,
1: to me, I, I get a lot of people say, ah, oh, he's just 23, and I go, I understand. But to me, he's like an older 23. You know, it's like, you know, guys that we think are going to be superstars, You know, these guys usually are playing at 23, and they're really good players. Where are we with him? How do you look at him? Because he just – it seems at times he still struggles to make contact.
2: Yeah, I'm going to defend Frankie because through no fault of his own, he has not – Played regularly. Even this time, we we brought him up, thought, hey, let's give him some regular bats. He played what, like four games in a row, and then we started messing with it again. It's just not fair to him, and and we take total responsibility for that. Until he is out there every day for a month for six weeks, it's not fair to judge what he is in the big leagues because he has made so much progress in AAA. What we've seen essentially from last year's all-star break all the way through this year, and he got off to the slow start this year, but then he picked it up you know, and was on fire in June. You know, you've seen him develop. You've seen him make progress, and it's, it's totally unfair to judge him, his major league body of work, um, because there's been no consistency.
1: And it's you know, like last night I was getting calls. Why not play Pender every single day? And then I get calls on Mateo when he's going to come up. That, that's a tough juggling act. You know, when guys need to p- to be good, you gotta play. Right. You need consistency. That's gotta be tough for you guys. It is. It's
2: and it's yeah. It's one of the more difficult things Bob has to deal with because he he knows in his heart that guys need regular at bats and a, a guy like Pinder or we've seen what Canna can do with with regular at bats. It it does affect them, but you've also got to make out that lineup every day. So it's it's not easy. It's uh yeah. It's something that Bob deals with every day.
1: Do you think we'll see Mateo up at any point before September?
2: Before September? I don't know. I mean, look, the guy at shortstop's is going to be there every single day. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, so there's one spot that's not available for him. So it's hard, it's, it's hard to say before September.
1: One thing I, I talked to a lot of the fans about and they asked me about is extensions for the players. Yeah. And I think about Marcus Simeon and him being such a part of the fabric of this organization now and his, his leadership as a guy that plays every single day and he's a salt of the earth kind of guy. Have there been talks with him about extending his contract and staying here in Oakland?
2: You know, what I will say is that w- without listening to all of your your questions that you get, all the call-ins, I, anyone who the fans are asking whether we're ex- talking about extending, we've had those conversations. I mean, that, there's a bunch of guys out here on the field, and, you know, the obvious ones we've talked about are, are the two mats, But there are plenty of guys you know, again, if your fans are thinking about it, they're calling in and asking, we've had the conversation and whether it's internal, whether we've talked to their agents, those are things that we're constantly talking about and thinking about the future of the club to make sure we keep these guys in place.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I like what we've been seeing in our game, you know, ever since the Red Sox won the World Series to where we are today, it's like a record number of extensions which I think is good for baseball because you have players staying with the teams they came up with more. Guys don't want to seem to go to free agency as much. Do you like how you see that, and hopefully that's what's going to happen with your club?
2: I do, yeah. I I like it, and and it's good for the game. It's good for young players to get paid and be able to sort of settle in, and it's something that, yeah, that we are trying and working on. Obviously, when we got Chris done, we felt like, okay, it was time to move on to some of these other guys because Chris was the priority. But I do think it's good. I think it's good for young players to get rewarded. I mean, one thing you, you have to keep in mind is that just because a guy signs doesn't mean he's staying with that club for the duration of that contract. The guys still get traded in the middle of those deals. Um, but it is good for fan bases to feel like their, their team has committed to the young players, and we recognize that and are working on it.
1: I like the fact that they're getting paid in their prime. You know, Because the way the system was set up, Years ago, it was for guys that were going to be 29, 30, 31, finally cashing in. You know, the the way, I think it's the CBA after two years is going to change dramatically. Sure. But, but I like how these guys are, you're not getting paid for your past. You're not getting paid for what you're going to do.
2: Right. The pendulum has, has certainly swung. And we've seen that in free agency the last two years. And I think it will be addressed. I know the the Players Association would like to see it addressed in the next agreement. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, the, everybody's better off when you're, when guys are getting paid appropriately for their current production and, like you said, not for what they've done in the past.
1: And speaking of guys under control, is that really the guy you want to go out and get for the most part if we're talking about a starting pitcher starting about a reliever? Not only will you bring him here and he'll be here now and help you hopefully get into the postseason, but he could be here next year, maybe the year after that.
2: Yeah, there's a balance there. I mean, yeah, ideally you'd love to bring in a guy who, who was going to be here beyond just the next two months, um, but those guys cost. There's an acquisition <laughs> cost to those. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, the top guys on the market, the Strowmans, the Matt Boyds, those players, you're talking about giving up serious prospects for those. So it's a balance for us, um, and we've had success both ways i mean last year obviously bringing in fires and familia and rodney um you know worked out really well for us so you 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 balance that line with what you're giving up and and knowing that hey it's a little bit of a sprint here from uh, from august 1st through the end of the season and let's focus on what guys are going to give us for those two months
1: you know what i like about you and billy because i think some people and i think this isn't in all sports i think gm's are scared to make certain deals because they're worried about perception. They're mm. worried. You guys don't feel that way. Not, you're not going to hit on every trade. Sure. I mean, that's just human nature. But have you gotten sense before where people you can sense they're worried? But you guys, to me, I think you guys are fearless.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And and, and hopefully we've shown that we're willing to make deals. Yes, we, we've made mistakes. Absolutely. You're going to be wrong some of the time. Um, but you can't be afraid to act. I think there are some teams out there that – are more comfortable doing nothing and just sort of staying status quo, um, but especially this time of year, you have to, you know, you have to be willing to go out on a limb a little bit. So, again, hopefully we get the chance in the next five days to do that. It, it takes two sides to any deal, and we're, you know, we're in the midst of conversations where hopefully we get something done, but. Um, But like you said, I I appreciate that. We're we're not afraid to do something.
1: Let's end on this. On your your way out, who are you trading for?
2: (laughs) I'll write it down, put it in an envelope. (laughs) You open it. You open it after 1 o'clock on the 31st. We'll see if we were right.
1: (laughs) Hey, we always appreciate the time. It's awesome to have you down here on our set. And uh, good luck with the cell phone and uh, acquiring some help to
2: make a, a big push here. That'd be great. Thanks, Chris.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.